0: Hello and welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. We're brought to you today by Tough Love Screenwriting, a brass knuckles, boots on the ground guide to building a paid professional screenwriting career written by veteran working screenwriter John Gerald available now on Amazon.com. There's a link on our site for your convenience. And for more great interviews and resources on the craft and business of writing, be sure to check out our site, scriptsandscribes.com. But first, we welcome to the show an Emmy-nominated writer whose credits include the Oscar-nominated animated features Treasure Planet and The Princess and the Frog, and a string of hit TV series such as The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Full House and Living Color, Rock the Parenthood, In the House and The Naked Truth. He's also a screenwriting instructor, and I welcome to the show today, Rob Edwards. Thanks for coming on, Rob. How are you
1: today? Oh, thanks for having me. I'm I'm, I'm great.
0: Awesome. Um, I was losing my breath talking about how many shows you've worked on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's daunting. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um but first <laughs> off we do like to get to know you a little bit better. I know you're from Detroit. Um yes. you went you went to the same high school although you didn't go with Mitt Romney, but you went to the same high school as Mitt Romney. Uh you're uh, a Syracuse Orange man or member of the Orange yes, man? I don't know that, that, Orange uh, man. Uh yeah, so uh, but can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got in, interested in pursuing a career in entertainment and how that all started?
1: Yeah. Well, um uh, it's funny cuz like yeah, at at Cranbrook um it was basically the future Mitt Romney's, you know, and all these guys were going there. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it was a huge culture clash because, you know, I'm coming from Detroit, um, you know, uh, uh, African-American from, you know, whatever. And and this this great, like, clash of, uh, uh, of cultures for me. So immediately, I'm kind of learning. I had to lose my accent. I had to, you know, all kinds of things. And I don't know. I just... A lot of writers that I talk to come from the same kind of background where all of a sudden all of the codes, all uh, everything – Um, uh, You know, you have to learn a new language and uh, it just gets in your head and you start to see the world from a slightly different perspective. And so for me, that was a that was a ton of fun. Uh, Also at the school, they had a huge arts um, component. So I I started getting into writing short stories and uh, short plays. Uh, I directed a play while I was in high school. Who gets to do that? Uh, mm-hmm. I got to teach a class in um, in filmmaking. You know, one of the things they have this thing called January term, which is two weeks where you get to teach. Uh, students get to teach if they want uh, anything uh, that they want to. And I made a short film there, um, which was a ton of fun. Uh, I learned a, I learned a lot uh, doing that. Uh, in high school, I used to also do animation. I, I I did clay animation, and I could I had a comic strip, so I would draw. Uh, that was actually kind of where I learned to write jokes was just, uh, was just my comic strip. Um, and, uh, and for me, I would just write letters, uh, while I was in, uh, uh, high school and also college. I went to, you know, of course, Syracuse, the, the, the film program there. And I would write letters to guys that I, I admired in Hollywood. And a lot of guys just told me, you know, uh, first, uh, study success study the, the filmmakers that I loved um, and how they became the, you know, uh, uh, whoever they were, you know, Woody Allen, Larry Galbart, uh, Mel Brooks, guys like that. Um, you know, what did, it, did they do to become who they were? And then, you know, modify that and, and kind of do that myself. So I discovered that each of those guys uh, all started off as stand up comics. Uh, they all wrote for variety shows um, uh, for TV for like a, a decade And then they wrote movies, and then they directed and wrote movies. Um, And that's basically, you know, that was their trajectory. And so for me, I started at Syracuse. I did stand-up comedy.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, uh, I I even did that when I was in L.A. I was at the Ice House and the improv uh, regulars uh, there. And then, um, you know, wrote TV, of of course, uh, more than a decade of TV, and then went uh, into movies. And by the time I got to movies, I discovered that I'd written so much TV The process of writing movies was just a blast. You know, I had so many skills. I had my whatever, however many thousand hours (laughs) (laughs) that we're supposed to have. Um, You know, I was just really, it was, the craft of it was easy for me. It was just a matter of finding, finding my voice, finding some, you know, fun content. And uh, yeah, so at Disney, I just had a blast. Uh, and yeah, so, so now I'm, uh, you know, now I'm kind of turning around and teaching and stuff like that. But, uh, but, but that's basically like from Detroit to, to now that's, that's, uh, that's my story.
0: Mm-hmm. And you were mentioned. you mentioned before that you have uh, an interesting story about how you were sort of discovered, um, by having what you describe as the worst job ever, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly as be, being the soda guy. Maybe you can relay that story. up.
1: Yeah, at, at MTM, which is a uh, Maritella Moore's company, um, uh, when I first got out to uh, Hollywood, which is mid '80s, the um, they had this room that was, uh, you know, uh, a, a soda stock room, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, floor to ceiling with uh, with sodas, and somebody, you know, he was supposed to kind of take the sodas, put them on a cart, and deliver them to various productions around the, around the studio. It was. Uh, you know, th- th- this hot box. It was just <laughs> awful. It was, it was just, you know, uh, uh, even the the uh, supply guy and the Xerox guy would kind of look down at me. You know, whatever. <laughs> the, the worst job, uh, uh, I'd say, it was the worst job in the world. Hmm. And um, But for me, I, I said, okay, great. I, uh, the advantages of it are that I have um, access to everybody. You know, I'm, I'm visiting everybody's office. Uh, I, if I did it right, I would have some extra time so I could kind of talk. Uh, talk to people, I could meet as many people, you know, as many of the writers that I was aspiring to be as, 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 as possible. So I just had a ball with it. I, um, uh, I was writing my spec, uh, and I kind of bribed the Xerox guy to turn his back. I Xeroxed 100 copies of my spec. And uh, when I would deliver the uh, photos, I would put one of my, you know, Put my spec on top of the pile, and I would say, "Here are my sodas, and my spec. E- Both are equally refreshing." <laughs> and, you know, and so you know, some of them wound up in the trash can. I figured that was that would happen. And but then I saw that like I've had these bright yellow um, uh, covers on them, and I would see people kind of carry them uh, uh, to home at night. And I thought, "Oh, this is great, excellent." You know, even an agent probably couldn't have gotten as as good a coverage as I as I had on the, on the lot. And fortunately for me, like two guys. Uh, who had deals had just gotten shows picked up, they were out to lunch with each other, and they said, "You know what? I'm thinking about hiring the soda guy, uh, you know, <laughs> on my staff." Uh, I read the guy's spec; it's, it's actually pretty funny. And the other guy said, "Oh, wait, I was going to hire the soda guy, um, you know, for my show." Both guys paid the check, ran back to their offices, and called <laughs> me, and said, "You know, hey, Rob, who's your agent? We, uh, you know, I want to, I want to get this deal in place really quickly." And I said, "I don't have an agent." So, uh, so they said, "Okay." we're going to fix that this afternoon. And they each called their, uh, their agents. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you know, when, when two agents call you, you just wind up like on blast around Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So everybody started calling me. I got dozens of calls into the soda shed, you know, into the soda shed. And uh, everybody was like, who are you and why are you in play? You know? And uh, so I, you know, I'm, I'm 20 years old and uh, I had all these interviews with, uh, you know, the, the, the major uh, uh, literary, literary agents and uh, I had my pick you know, I just picked the guy I like the most. Uh, it was a terrible – I tell that story and everybody just wants to stab me because it was just way too easy to get re- representation. And I had, you know, multiple offers. Uh, I got my – you know, joined the guild before I turned 21. Um, and it just worked out really nicely for me. But, uh, but yeah, starting in the soda shed, worst job ever to, to getting to, uh, you know, getting to work, uh, kind of fun.
0: Yeah. And you had agents calling you up uh, thinking the soda shed is a new production company they hadn't heard of yet, yeah, <laughs> and it exactly. turned out to be a, literally a shed full of sodas,
1: yeah, exactly, yeah, well, who is it yeah, It's like uh, Shane Black's uh, hotel, you know where where all these writers are coming from, like right. uh, the soda shed yeah, exactly.
0: Um, what's your favorite soda?
1: My favorite soda yeah. uh, uh, actually, I'm big on what is it the um uh the Truvia stuff. Um, okay. so I'm, I'm, I'm weird, but, uh, so you buy but, your sodas uh at otherwise, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, other than that, like, uh, uh, you know, Diet Coke, Diet Coke gotcha. is, 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 top. Diet Coke has always been uh, a big save. Right. Now,
0: <laughs> now, now your father's a doctor. How did he take you pursuing a career in Hollywood?
1: Oh man, it was awful. <laughs> you know? Cause my dad is a, uh, not, you know, he was like, Uh, He's a gastroenterologist, and he was chief of staff at uh, the biggest uh, hospital in in Detroit. Um, And so he's, you know, moderate celebrity, and it was always just preordained that I was going to go to, you know, uh, 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 go to this wonderful private school and then go to med school and then partner up with him. And, uh, you know, we would both be gastroenterologists, and, you know, he took care of the mayor. He he had all these uh, wonderful clients. And I, you know, turned to him one day. I think it was a junior, and I said, "Hey, Dad, I want to write jokes instead." <laughs> and, <laughs> and he said, and "He said, no, absolutely not. That's not going to happen. You know, I have it all. I have it all tracked out for you. What, what med school you're going to go to? Where you're going to intern? You know, the whole thing." I said, "No, I really, I just want to write jokes, Dad." And like uh, I've been. Going on um, uh, rounds with him, you know, where you go and visit the patients. I've been going on rounds with him since like seventh grade. So I knew all of his patients. I'd worked in his office, the whole thing. So it was just heartbreaking for my dad. And uh, the deal we made was I would have uh, nine months out of college to. uh, to make a living in Hollywood, I wasn't going to come come back home and live in the garage and you know and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it was just going to be it was going to be either you know I was making a living at it or I was uh, you know back in med school. And so for me, you know, the the, the soda story happened pretty quickly. It happened uh, I think a couple of weeks after I would gotten out to Hollywood, and so within three months I had a uh, I had a job, and um, you know in TV, which is you know hundreds of thousands of dollars for a 20-year-old kid is, uh, is, is, is amazing. Um, and so, so my dad kind of calmed down a little bit after that. And uh, uh, all, of, all of his friends whose sons and daughters actually had become doctors uh, were, you know, uh, I, I should say not, but I don't want to, you know, whatever, but, but it was, he was very, very happy that, uh, that, that his son was, uh, you know, kind of on TV Guide and, and, and that kind of thing. So that it all worked out.
0: <laughs> it all worked out in the end. Nice.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, you've had, obviously, a, a very long career in television, writing mm-hmm. all kinds of shows. But more recently, again, you've written a, a pair of Oscar-nominated animated features. And and that's one thing that we, we haven't really covered as much in terms of our interviews and podcasts. We get a lot of questions from uh, writers who have written an animated spec and they have a lot Mm -hmm. of problems with it, meaning a lot of animation is developed in-house or based on already established IPs. So we get asked a lot, what the, what's the best way to sort of market an animated spec?
1: Yep. (laughs) See, I'm going to give you a terrible answer, (laughs) which is, which is not to write one. Right. Um, the problem is, okay, if you're at Pixar, Pixar, all of the, um, uh, everything is written by the directors themselves right the 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 directors are the primary writers on their on their films at disney uh the same kind of thing the ideas are generated internally like you said they're their you know their i p their you know uh the princess movies all that stuff there's a you know wide uh you know, uh, uh, you know a swath of uh stories that everybody is uh, is kind of pulling from and then of course now the marvel stuff and all that and, and all that And uh, at most of the studios, there are things like it. A director will come up with an idea that kind of thing. What they look for, uh, if you look at the, you know, once again, if you're studying success, like I was talking about with Mel Brooks and all that kind of stuff, look at the writers who are actually writing for animated movies. None of us have written an animated movie. You know, none of us come from animation. We all come from live action. Mm -hmm. And really what they're looking for are people who can, who, can deal with characters who have maybe written something with a little bit of a um, uh, an animated flair to it, you know, kind of like a um, you know uh, uh, maybe a superhero kind of thing, or or maybe something with a with a visual element that's kind of interesting uh, and, and wild. But rarely do do people kind of uh, hire guys who've actually written animated specs. Uh, you know, they they're just looking for characters and real, real, real characters. You know, even though uh, *Princess and the Frog*, you know, 90% of the movie, the guys are frogs in the bayou. They're real people. You know, they're they mm-hmm. they're people that you should be able to relate to, and um and that's what they're looking for. Uh, 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 you know, 90% of the time, guys who are either good with jokes or good with character or both. And um, and a lot of times, I uh, like I'll read specs, uh, guys who've written animated specs, and they're just too cute. You know, nobody writes animation like like people write animated specs.
2: Mm-hmm. They
1: are not cute. They're written for adults. They're, they're you know, um, if, you, if you get caught up in the, in the idea of writing a cute animated film, you're really kind of cutting, on, cutting down the audience. Um, you know, uh, uh, nobody in animation thinks like that. Everybody writes movies that they themselves enjoy. Mm-hmm. So if you look at, uh, uh, what was it? Up was written by, you know, one of the guys who, uh, who wrote Up uh, wrote The Station Agent, you know, um, the guy who just wrote, um, uh, uh, big hero six came off of, uh, what did he done? He did, um, I think March of the penguins and he did some other, uh, smaller, uh, independent stuff, but, uh, but some really deep stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, I was, I was out of TV and, and stuff, but the spec that I was hired on was a, was a live action spec. Um, so. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a trap because you think that, you know, oh, if I just show them my little duckling story, uh, you know, that, that that'll 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 carry the day. But more often than not, the, the uh, people who are reading the stuff, they've seen they've seen the premise that you're working from and uh, and, and they're and it's just going to turn them off. Uh, it's like uh, it's like in TV, you know, they say never write a spec for the show you want to work on. Mm hmm. It's the same exact principle. Um, you know, the, the uh, animated directors, they will just poke holes in whatever you've written and, uh, and, and, and go from there. Um, even at, like, uh, if you're pitching to John Lasseter, you, you don't really show him scripts or anything like that. You show him a world, a character and a world. That's what they're looking for um, as far as fresh ideas. And you pitch three ideas. You don't just pitch one. Um, and uh, and from there, if he likes the world, because there's, you know, as there are more and more and more animated films uh, uh, going on, the amount of worlds <laughs> that you can put a film in, uh, you know, decrease exponentially. Right. So, you know, the world of toys that come alive, you know, that's been done. The world of goldfish, the world of, you know, uh, zoo animals, uh, you know, monsters, uh, insects, monsters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, geez, what was it? Last year I had uh, three people, uh, three different large producers came to me with ideas about like monsters that live under the bed mm-hmm. and you know, uh, everybody's under a non-disclosure agreement. So you can't, you know, so nobody knows what everybody else is working on. Everybody's working on the same ideas. And, uh, and you know, you have to kind of come in with a, with a fresh take and a take that feels real. And, uh, and just for whatever reason, they seem to trust uh, live action guys more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Right. I don't know. Now,
0: A lot of these writers who have written animated specs have asked, do you think it would be better to market it, even though it was written with animation in mind, uh, Mm -hmm. but market it as sort of a live action, like a family or a comedy? And if they get traction, then sort of nudge it into that animation realm, because that's obviously the sensibility and why they wrote it. Or stick with it as an animated film and that and, and, you know, and sort of live or die by that
1: well i you know if it's if it 's written to be animated, I would say like fully you know just go with it, mm-hmm. uh, go for it, and and write it animated there there's nothing um <laughs> there 's nothing worse a lot of times that you see uh, uh films that are uh, that kind of hedge their bets between uh, between animated and live action. And animated films are animated. You know, you have to really make the case for why this film is uniquely an animated film. Um, You know, uh, now the kind of lines are blurred. There's so many movies about human beings... Uh, you know, uh, human beings that happen to be animated. Right. Um, And, uh, you know, and frankly, you know, if you look at a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, that's basically an animated film to me.
2: You know,
1: two of the five, two of the five main characters are animated. Right. And, uh, you know, if you look at something like, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Gravity, Uh. uh, you know, there are very few actual live-action scenes in that, uh, and the, the uh, you know the animators are very proud of the work that they've done because they did 90% of the movie.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: Planet of the Apes is is an animated film. Most of the Avengers movies are animated,
2: right. um,
1: and that's the mindset. Like that that there is no you know that gravity has a different uh, different way of operating in those movies, and uh, you know uh, characters are much more dynamic. Things anything can happen. Um, the last thing that happens, like I'll see a lot of animated scripts and, and people will have two people sitting at a diner, you know, just right. talking. I'm like, that is not animated, you know. You, uh, animated characters are animated. They move around. They do, you know, there's multiple levels of action usually um, in the good ones. Uh, you know, the, the, they, they race along. If you look at uh, Lego Movie, Lego Movie is a blast, you know, mm-hmm. from, from frame to frame to frame it's just a it's just a a roller coaster ride and that's the way if you're going to write one then that's the way that's the approach you take you know uh, right. don't don't try to head your bets don't try to do anything just try to blow people's minds with uh, with just how dynamic your 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 brain is um and and what you what possibilities you can bring to the impossible right um, you know, the impossible well i mean for
0: example you would mention guardians of the galaxy had two yeah. of their characters that were computer generated but you could take it the other direction. Big Hero Six. Literally, everyone else was human except for Baymax, the medical robot. Everyone exactly. else. I mean, that could have been literally a family film, a comedy, action comedy for families. Yeah. Live
1: action. Yeah. Because literally, yeah, one character a, had to
0: be animated.
1: Exactly. That's a knock on that film. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, you know, I would say like Meet the Robinsons, the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. where um, where every so often, and, and you know, and a lot of the uh some of the stuff coming out of dreamworks you know peabody and and, and stuff there the uh there are a lot of um live action characters and live action characters that could very easily you know yeah um uh, go the other way it's a it's um i mean those those are all fantastic movies but yeah you you want to i mean the first thing they tell you at disney is like why is it animated you know, that's the first question and any idea you pitch, mm-hmm. you know, well, because, you know, lions, <laughs> lions can't talk. Right, awesome. right. OK, off you go. <laughs> <Right>. You know, <laughs> if you actually filmed ants running around <laughs> in, the, right. in the leaves, it would not be entertaining. Right, awesome. Right. Great. Let's animate that one. Right. Um, you know, uh, uh, or guys in ant kind of costumes walks...
0: would be terrible
1: yeah exactly <laughs> exactly It would just be bad filmmaking yeah. the um you know the Incredibles kind of uh, is is the is the great you know th- that's the that's the rule you know the 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 accepting pool's rule where all of those characters are dynamic and um and you know uh Elastigirl, uh stuff like that you would be very very hard to do um uh, convincingly uh in live action uh you know but but within that it's like mm, yeah, you could have done that you know the way
2: mm-hmm this,
1: uh, Spider-Man, um, you know, and, and, and these movies, you could probably have done that movie live action and nobody, and it would, and the movie would be equally entertaining.
0: Right. Nowadays.
1: Um yeah exactly yeah,
2: yeah. no i mean the, the, and the
1: technology is just you know is just getting there Where right. you know i mean the the final frontiers were kind of like what was it wet hair <laughs> and right. smoke right,
2: right, right.
1: <laughs> but oddly yeah. enough those things were just challenges to uh to, to animation for for a good long time and now that those things have kind of been uh uh done you can really you know uh, i mean there are the seamlessness of some of the animation in um like i say a movie like planet of the apes or uh, or spiderman or um, guardians is amazing right um, you know uh, uh, avatar you know mm-hmm. uh, i mean why that's not considered an animated movie is is beyond me
0: right it's sort of like uh, who framed roger rabbitish i mean there are live action yeah. actors but you know there's a, a... Huge ch- chunk of it is animated. Most
1: of it, is animated. yeah, exactly. They're in an animated world, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and from just on a side note, I remember uh, that the animated film Final Fantasy, which did terrible.
1: Uh, yeah, right off, man. But yeah. but I
0: remember for them it was sort of groundbreaking. I had big hopes.
1: I had big hopes for that movie. I'm sorry, what were you thinking?
0: You know, I just think I just remember that talking about hair. For them, it was groundbreaking animation-wise because like. Every strand of hair on people's heads was animated individually, instead of a yeah. big clump of hair, and that was like a big thing. Oh yeah, um, talking about hair and you know getting yeah, and hair the, was uh, like a
1: character in that movie, right? You right, know? exactly. Every time she walked, there would be like a little wind blow. Right. <laughs> you know? It was almost like Pocahontas, where it's like, okay, good, right. the hair's going to do some acting now.
0: Right, yeah. right. Um. Now, uh, talking about, you had mentioned Disney, and obviously you can't give him any trade secrets or anything like that. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. you've probably signed NDAs up the wazoo. But talking about pitching for animation and how that differs, if at all, from pitching live action. I mean, do yeah. you have to have any storyboards? Do you have to ha- I mean, how does that work? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, no, it's all visual. Mm. Um, you know, if you're pitching... Uh... If you're pitching a, a live-action movie, you're probably going to have your, you know, you may have your corkboard up or your you know slides on your laptop or something like that. You're going to have words, and you're going to kind of go back and forth to the, to the words. Maybe if you're fun, you know, you'll have some clip art and some stuff. But if you're pitching uh, animation, um, you're usually doing it, I'll back up, that animation, writers have not been part of animation uh, until um, the, what is it, mid early to mid-90s when uh, uh, Katzenberg took over uh, Disney. And he kind of demanded that writers come in and demanded that everything be written in script form. But before then, there were none. You know, there was zero, you know, of uh, Aristocats, uh, you know, 101 donations, all that stuff. There were no writers. Um, uh, if anything, there were guys like Bill Peet and some of the uh, great storyboard artists who would, uh, who would tell the stories. While Disney himself, when he was alive, he would walk from office to office Telling the story of, of you know Snow White or whatever it was, and so and that was what they considered writing. You know, they, there's a saying over Disney: writing is drawing or drawing is writing, and um, and so they you know so so that's where they start. That a picture is the way they tell the story so you introduce the character and they have a drawing of the character the character's inciting incident you know and you have a drawing of whatever that thing is and uh you know the midpoint the you know end of act two all that stuff those are those are all drawings and you have a kind of uh you know three large boards with um i don't know seven seven large drawings per board and that's how you tell the story Um, You know, you you point to a picture, you tell that that part of the story, you point to the next picture and off you go. And there's never a time when you're sitting there looking at an outline or uh, or a beat sheet or or anything. Um, And the idea is you want to make sure that the thing is visually interesting at every step. Uh, the downside is for writers who don't draw, it's, it's really <laughs> awful. And, uh, you know, fortunately for me, I had a, a comic strip when I was in high school, so I could oh. kind of suggest, you know, uh, drawing. That's actually, well, I had so much fun over there. I was the writer who could draw.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: so I could kind of bail us out of, uh, uh, I was, I, and I was actually not the worst draftsman in the story crew. You know, there oh. were, there were two guys who were rougher than me. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, yeah, so if, if we had an idea, if there was something that was really difficult to do, I would just draw it. I would speak their language. But that's the way you're solving problems all the time is it really doesn't matter what's on the page or how well you've put it, you know, what great language you've used. It only matters if it looks great and if it moves well. Uh, that's what I'm saying, like, you never sit down in a diner, you never whatever, you know, that, that you're, you're either walking or running, um, and the, the faster you're moving, the better off you are, mm-hmm. the more dynamic the action, and the more you can kind of string great, uh, you know, tentpole action sequences back to back, the better the movie will be. You know? mm-hmm. If you look at a movie like um, uh, Finding Nemo or The Incredibles, every scene of that, you know, every scene of both of those movies is action, action, action. You know, there's never a scene where, uh, where the stakes aren't high and the uh, and the characters aren't flying through it. You know, bioluminescent fish or you know whatever landmines or you know submarines or sharks or whatever it is, mm-hmm. there is something. Uh, you know, some some kind of fun dynamic movement uh, um, because you're also trying to tell a story. Uh, not with words most of the time. You know, it's not Tarantino or, you're, or you know, Aaron Sorkin where you're, you're right. talking through it. Um, it's pictures. And you want to be able to kind of at some point watch the movie without sound.
2: Right. Because
1: frankly, a lot of your audience uh, isn't going to get, you know, is, is, doing that, uh, is doing that anyway. You know, it's kids who right. are, you know, on their, on their parents' laps. And you want them to enjoy the movie as much as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Now, you, again, you talked about the amount of action and everything needs to be dynamic uh, in terms of animation as opposed to live action. What other sort of differences are there in terms of, again, writing for animation versus writing for live action?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I look at it like, well, the, 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 the fundamentals are always the same. You know, yeah. you always want great characters who are highly motivated and great obstacles that, are, that seem to be insurmountable. Um, you always want to start there, and then the question is uh, for for good writers is how can you bring uh, how can you make the metaphor real? You know how can you show the, the, um, that the the plight of a clownfish who has you know uh, a son with a with a uh, a small fin are just like you know the dad in the audience who's you know overprotective with his son and 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 that kind of thing. How can you make that? connection
2: mm-hmm. it's
1: so much easier if you're just telling a story about you know if steve carell has a son and whatever and and then that's that's your movie great you know the the there's a one for one correlation but um but in an animated movie you know that's that's a big big part of it you know I, i'm trying to find a character that is not you know is not human um you know uh, a a uh uh a a pen who has adopted a pencil you know a uh you know um uh i don't know uh, you know a gopher and and you know the life the world of the gopher Mm -hmm. and trying to find like okay well what is that how does that relate to uh to the audience to to me personally um and and then uh, you know what's fun is like at pixar they just have this great uh, they're fantastic storytellers, but there's also these these really great tenets that they that they pass down. One is, uh, you know, be a be a film uh, film goer first and a filmmaker second. It was Andrew Santon who said that, and uh, the idea there is great because it's universal. It's what Aaron Sorkin did. You know, I worked with Aaron Sorkin on uh, uh, Studio 60 uh, a while back, and he and and um, uh, John Lasseter are almost one-for-one one in their, in their uh, uh, theory of, of what is entertaining. And it's basically like be in the seat, you know, put yourself in the seat, um, you know, let the uh, lights go down, open the curtains, and then what do you want to see? What do you personally, as you are a, a, a human being you know, with legitimate uh, uh, thoughts and tastes, what do you want to see on the screen? What's your favorite opening sequence? What's your favorite character? You know, uh, what are those things? And and you're trying to put those up. If you're an animation fan, great. You know, then you're going go to go to those things. There's a great legacy of animation. For live action, yeah, it might be different. Um, and, and and that's what I think is the a, is a primary difference. But if you ask most animators, they'll say, look, animation is just like filming in black and white or, uh, you know, uh, filming without sound or or anything like that—it's just another means of telling stories. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and but the fundamentals are dead on; they're they're exactly the same.
0: Right. We were talking earlier about uh, the uh, the open writing assignment and uh yeah you know the beauty pageants uh, but maybe you can t- explain a little about the concept of you know beauty pageants o w a s and things like that
1: cool well for for fans of uh of scripts and scribes i would I would highly recommend alex Litvak's interview <laughs> um, <laughs> here you go back and it's uh, uh he he pointed out it was great and i would uh, you know, I reemphasize that, that there is this thing that's been going on in, in Hollywood. And I guess everybody's complicit because everybody kind of thinks that it's going to work, uh, which is the open assignment. You know, this, this notion that, you know, you get a call from a uh, from an executive and I'll give you something like a, uh, you know, sometimes it's a toy. Sometimes it's a, it's an image from a, you know, a, a book or, or or something like that. I've had, um uh, you know, just things like a line, a line of dialogue, or something, and 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 you get sent off to to break a break a story and and um, you know uh, come up with some ideas, you know, three act structure and the whole thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you get to the you, you get to the lot on the day of the pitch, and there are eight other writers. Um, of your caliber, waiting in the in the waiting room to to pitch you know before or after you, and um, and the the you know the, the the studio hears it you know best case scenario you get invited back to a smaller group uh, uh, of people, um, but in I'd say three years I pitch maybe fifteen to twenty of these things per year
2: mm-hmm. I've never
1: seen one of these things made, right. um, you know they just go nowhere and they are as exhausting to do it's as exhausting to pitch. A three-act movie, as it is to just spec it out, you mm-hmm. know, just just write it. And so I would tell, you know, I just emphasize to writers, like, uh, you know, it, it's it's soul-draining. <laughs> it's it's a wonderful thing because you get a little audience and all that stuff to you know go in and, and pitch it on the open assignment. But man, I tell you, your 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 time is so much better just just writing some uh, writing a spec and writing it well. Um, um, you know, the, the the other half of that, uh, as I would say, as I'm talking about uh, you know, studying success. Uh, I mean, I would look at guys like you know Christopher Loughton, Nolan, right? He did he did uh, his first two films were f- phenomenal. There's this movie called Following that's actually a Netflix Instant View that's it's only about 60 minutes long. Hmm. But it's remarkable. It's black and white. He did it on weekends. You know, I guess two minutes at a time. You know, uh, for 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 a long time. And it's really fantastic. It's great acting. Uh, uh, it, it's clearly a Christopher Nolan twists and turns, heavy characters, great themes uh, uh, kind of movie. Um, you know, told a chronologically. Uh, you know, it's amazing to see how much of the guy who made Dark Knight is was in his first. You know, uh, very cheaply made, you know, independent film, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and then the second film, of course, Memento, where it was very clear that this guy was, you know, taking the scene. But those were his first two. You know, he didn't he wasn't messing with uh, other stuff. Um, If you look at uh, Tarantino, you know, you've got uh, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Um, you know, those are, those are great. I mean, even before that, he was doing very Tarantino-esque things. He wasn't messing around with, uh, with, uh, with the studio inside stuff. So, um, Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, at Hard Eight and Boogie Nights. Uh, uh, Wes Anderson uh, had, uh, you know, Bottle Rocket and, and Rushmore, right? So these, these guys are all, you know, just really focusing on uh, coming up with a voice, pounding out specs in that voice, and, uh, you know, and then blanketing the town, and I think that just more as a, as a developing writer, I think there's just more um, in that than, than the other. Uh, you know, the other is just kind of a, you're just working for free. You're just coming up with ideas for free. And, you know, as Alex Lidvack says, I, I'll, I'll reemphasize, when, you're, when you leave the pitch, if they don't buy your pitch – You've mm-hmm. just done a lot of work for nothing. You know, right. you can't go and pitch, um, you know, battleship <laughs> to somebody else. You know, right.
2: um,
1: uh, it, It's just, you know, even if you change it or you know try to do your own thing with it, it's just not gonna, just not gonna make any any difference. You might be able to peel off an action scene or two, a character that you really liked, and stuff like that, and, and put those into your next spec. But, um, but for all the effort, geez, you know, just write you know just uh, mm-hmm. just find your own voice write it at a level you know write it at a scale that, that you you can have it made and uh and take that out into the world and then and then just see you know if you're a writer you may find a director that's that's got a, a simpatico with you um and uh you know you'll be able to kind of go out and make your movies um and that kind of thing you know Doing the studio, doing the uh, the beauty pageants, it's just going to be years out of your life. <laughs> you know? Right. You'll be very busy for a long time, and you'll make zero money, and right. it's just uh, it's it's just awful. And um, I was, you know, at some point or another, I mean, I, uh, uh, maybe they'll start paying writers to come in and pitch, um, you know, uh, but uh, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon.
2: Right.
0: Now, what is maybe one or two of the I don't want to say worst ideas that you've been asked to,
2: to pitch for, but <laughs> yeah, the, right. most,
0: the, the most bizarre or oddest maybe ideas that you've been asked to pitch for yeah. that you can talk about? Are there any in particular that stand well, out?
1: Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. They're obvious. Like, if I, I can't, you know, uh, that's why I was kind of vaguely referring to, there are toys out there that people right. want to make movies about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, there are... Uh, there are comic books out there that, mm-hmm. that, that, that people want uh, uh, to do stuff for. And sometimes, you know, you'll just get the um, worst possible thing. You know? And I've seen this happen. And it's, it's, it's kind of reprehensible. And, 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 but and I don't think most writers know about it. So it's, it's something that people should know about. But I've been in meetings where people will say, oh, yeah, we had a guy in. And he pitched some ideas. We didn't use any of them. But here, here's what he pitched us. Mm-hmm. So you take it the next step. And you come in with your ideas. I'm like, why would, you know, geez, it's so so terrible. That means that some writer came in, you know, whatever, a couple weeks ago with a smile on his face, thinking that he was, you know, slam dunking it. And, uh, you know, and they say no to him, and then they give me the ball. I'm supposed to take it. And then, of course, I wind up being the jerk because, you know, they're not going to buy my idea. They're going to give it to, you know, a... uh, uh, you know, whatever David Kapp or something, you know, uh, right. uh, to, to to say like, oh, hey, yeah, we have this idea and it's great, it's fully formed, and, and here, go run with it. Right? Um, you know, it's uh, uh, it, it's terrible, but yeah, there have been things like say you'll get like an email with an image, um, uh, and it will and and you say, well, what what is this? who is the character? Who are the two people in the in the drawing? Let's say, well, that's for you to figure out. You know uh see in two weeks right, and uh, you know uh, sometimes it 's just toys, you know something or something that 's trending on twitter or right. like i 've seen things that are like a book title um, for a book that they don 't really like the contents of the book, but they like the title of the book right so they 'll have you kind of work on the premise based on the title based mm-hmm. on the title of the book <laughs> it's, it's like wow, you know did did, did uh, you know the, the warner brothers did, did you know uh, uh, um, you know, all the uh, the original guys who came to, to Hollywood to, to make movies, were they really thinking that this is where it was going to go at, <laughs> at, at some point? That we'd just right. be kind of sh- putting a, a toy on the table and having a writer kind of go and spend three weeks, uh, you know, banging out a story for it.
0: What, one uh, of the, the toughest one I was ever asked to uh, take a stab at was uh, was a board game. Yep. Exactly.
1: I've had several board games. And you can't just go in and say, well, I think it's about a guy who, you know, whatever, he knows a lot of words and blah, blah, blah. You can't just go vague. You have to say, okay. We're in Chicago, 1922, right. you know, whatever. And here's a guy who is the wordsmith of the blah, 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 you know, and mm-hmm. and his nemesis is, you know, the Q and, you know, whatever. And you kind of run through it and you say, OK, well, here's your inciting incident. Here's your midpoint. Here's your, you know, uh, end of act two. And then there's this dynamic, you know, end sequence where this happens, this happens, this happens. And, and that's, you know, it's a couple of days it's at least a couple of days to come up with a great climax it's you know it's you're going to spend a little time kind of uh, you know uh uh inventing your characters um probably minimum a week you know mm-hmm. if you're if you're decent at it you're either going to pitch it to a uh a mirror or a camera or a friend uh you're going to want to try to get as 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 uh as close to tight as you possibly can because you do only really have 15 minutes before they they start you know, answering their emails.
0: Yeah, if that. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the king of the uh, uh, 12 uh, 8 to 12-minute pitch, mm-hmm. um, and I try to pack it all in there, just like here's all my thoughts and here's, you know, just the headlines of the action sequences and, and those kind of things, uh, and then I bring it home with a big, you know, uh, big flare in the third act. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of great personal storytelling. If you do it well, you're probably, you know, going to the those wonderful places that writers go, which is, you know, the... the the this personal story the the um you know that you've always been afraid to share with people but uh, you know you think that maybe this is a great opportunity and this is gonna I don't know it's just gonna steal, <laughs> steal your soul so right. so you know uh, uh if if more writers just said I'm doing something else uh-huh. uh, I think the the you know we we would a have better movies and just uh, you know the, hopefully the the studios would just say okay well let's let's either you know work these things a little bit more. Let's get more serious about the kind of movies we actually want to make. Um, Let's not send uh, uh, writers on wild goose chases. Right. You know, um, or let's come up with some ideas, you know, let's, let's actually make the movies that we want to make. Right. Um, You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of times I feel it's like they have a property or they have something, even the tiniest germ of an idea and it doesn't cost them anything to take meetings right. with you know a dozen writers and then have them spend all this time working on it and they're just hoping that somebody in the 20 writers that they invite to to come up with an idea blows them away with something so amazing that they're like okay yeah let's move ahead and you know develop it some further you
1: know but again exactly. that
0: so rarely you know that doesn't happen Yeah
1: right I, exactly because you're talking about you know and it's it is easy to um if somebody is, is – uh, uh, if you're the only writer coming in, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you're the one pitch of the day, and you come in and you have a fantastic dynamic story, great. You have a chance of blowing people away. If you're one of 12 you know, that's going to come in that day and pitch on the same theme, right. you know, like, it, it's, like, it's like if you've gone to an audition – you know, and you'll see just actor after actor at a certain point, um, they all blend into one another because there's nobody any good. And you, uh, uh, you know, uh, actor friends of mine will say like, well, how do, how do you pick between so many great actors? Like, and I said, well, I actually, unfortunately, they're not, you know, if you're auditioning like for I don't know Fresh Prince or something like that, there are not a lot of great actors who come in. You know, you'll get one or two that are fantastic and you, you have to kind of, you know, uh, make a decision about them. But most of the people that you see are going to be, you know, oh, you know, really not great. And then, you'll, and then you'll say, oh, maybe we'll revise the character or, or we'll do something with it. And the same is true of, of writers. You know, you'll just have a bunch of people. I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, many writers will come in with pretty much the same premise. And just wear everybody down, you know, by telling the same story over and over and over again. And uh, uh, if you have something that is dynamic and and wonderful, chances are it's probably inappropriate for the movie that you're making. You no. know, something that is that far that much of an out, outlier, um, and probably the movie that you want to make is, is, is closer to what everybody's thinking because that's that's that's. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm always saying that when you see a premise for a movie you know when you're we're trying to uh, when you make a decision to go to a movie and you see the poster everybody who looks at the poster is going to start writing a movie in their head and the movie that you see the movie that you ultimately make uh, the closer it is to the poster that everybody is 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 thinking sometimes the better off you are Uh, You know, if you have things in the movie that are, you know, that are way beyond anything that that, that people were thinking, then so much of the so much the better. If you have things that are, you know, that people have thought they were going to see in the movie that aren't there, then they're going to get upset. But uh, but the movie that you want to make, you know, if you're having having guys in to pitch, it's probably going to be, you know, um, story wise, whatever you can pitch in eight minutes, it's probably going to be pretty similar um, you know, pretty, pretty much right down the middle. And then you're going to execute, you know, you're going to execute the hell out of it. You
2: mm. know, there's,
1: there's three movies that are, there are three, um, uh, 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 what is it? Uh, geez, uh, hulks, right? There's, there's the Ang Lee Hulk, there's the other one, you know, whatever. And then there's, and then there's the uh, uh, Joss Whedon Hulk and the Joss Whedon Hulk, you know, beats everybody else out. you know there's there's a million switcheroo movies and then there's big and big is awesome and uh you know there there's you know as you there's a million batmans but there's only one dark knight Mm -hmm. and uh you know and if you're looking at it from an executive standpoint or from a pitch standpoint probably all those pitches are going to sound alike you know there's a you know, there's two people who hate each other and they switch personalities for a day and oh, how boring that is. But there are some really fantastic movies in that category and some really awful movies in that category. You know, it's just a question of like, do you trust the, the, the filmmaker, the artist to come up with a great idea with it? Right, right. Yeah. You know, um, And in fact, it's funny because Ed Catmull has this thing. Where he says like, uh, if you had a choice between the great idea and the great team, which do you pick? And uh, he used to ask this of executives, and 50-50 people would say, the great idea, or the great, the great team. And he said, no, he said, the great, if you have an idea um, that is great, but the team, isn't, the team doesn't work, the team will destroy the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, on the other hand, if you have a terrible idea, and you have a great team, the team will discover that, that the idea is terrible, and they'll change it to a great idea because they're great, and they'll make a, they'll make a great movie. Right. So 100% of the time, you're better off finding people you love, uh, you know who who have uh, similar you know similar uh, sensibilities as you, um giving them whatever idea it is, and just letting them run with it and have a lot of fun. Uh, you know and that's why I go back to like write a fantastic spec, you know get in that get in that category where a producer will call you. And say, you know, wow, you know, I, I really, you know, you have mastery. I love the way you're telling these stories. Um, it's clear that you have a, a fantastic grasp of, of, of storytelling and wonderful characters, and you have this great, uh, this great style. Here's this idea, and here's a big pile of money. <laughs> you know, go right. off and 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 write it, and and let's have fun, and let's make let's make a movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's great movie making. Right. The other thing is, you know, you're just running from, you know you're you're just uh i mean literally you're you're just running in fear (laughs) you know (laughs) you're you're hoping to to kind of uh you know beat other writers with some kind of wild idea but the wild idea is going to be the thing that kills it ultimately
2: you
1: know Mm -hmm. it's it's a process that cannot uh i don't see how it can how it can possibly um uh, generate great movies
0: right right now you've given a lot of good advice so far um Mm -hmm. and you know, So I wanted to point out that you're also a screenwriting instructor. You teach screenwriting. Yeah. And I have to ask, again, you being a working screenwriter, an Emmy-nominated working screenwriter, mm-hmm. how did that come about? What made you decide you wanted to teach screenwriting, and how does that work?
1: With your oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's it's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's, actually, it's the worst decision I've ever made. No. <laughs> Cuz I really don't have any time at all to do it. People send me emails and I'm like I, I can't even answer the email. If it if it's longer than a couple of paragraphs, I can't I don't even have the time to write uh, to read it. Uh, simply because I'm, all, I'm 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 on like I'm on deadline right now. I have a, a, a screenplay to turn in on Friday. And they took a week away from, from me as far as like you know when they wanted to uh, when they wanted to get it in because uh, they you know it's a financing thing and all you know uh, uh, whatever so all of a sudden I have to write this thing and I'm uh, I will hang up this phone and then finish the sentence that I was writing right before we <laughs> before, you know we we, we um, but um, yeah so that part of it is is terrible but it's really really necessary like when when I first got uh, uh, to Hollywood like I said I was 20 years old. And I, I, was just this kid with a back and a terrible job, <laughs> and I was uh, uh, astounded by the amount of people who would just kind of take me under their wing. And uh, there's this place, Art Deli, in the, in the in the valley on, uh, you know, and. Uh, uh, these writers would just kind of more or less live there and you go, you have lunch with these guys and they would say, okay, Hey kid, I read your spec. I found one funny thing on it. Everything else was crap (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they would just sit there and really, uh, really constructively beat me up about my script and what I had done. That was great. What I had done that was terrible. And, you know, uh, and if I wanted to take another run at it, you know, here's what I would do. And, you know, two weeks later I'd, I'd write something else. I'd give it to them. Uh, you know, we'd go out to lunch again, okay, three things were funny, you know, you're starting to find your way in here, and I want to talk about this one page that you wrote that I think was inspired, and here's what, you know, whatever, if all the other pages were like this, you'd be in good territory. And these were guys that were like working writers, you know, they were working at the studios, uh, you know, right there in in, uh, in the valley and uh And just taking me through it, you know these uh, there was this old guy, uh, Harry Crane, who had worked on uh, the jack Benny show and and everything, and I think he just mentored a ton of writers. He was just so generous with his time, um, you know Sam Simon, who created the uh, the simpsons he uh, you know he mentored me, um Ed oh, wow. Mumford, who worked on mash and and a, and a bunch of other stuff he 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 was great with me um and and then just like this you know, Ronnie Graham, these guys <laughs> these guys who had just worked on. Uh, sometimes Broadway and sometimes uh, you know we have worked with mel brooks and, and and all of this, and they just uh, they were just so kind and so wonderful with their with their time that 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 I thought okay if this ever if I ever become anybody, I will pay this forward and uh, and so that 's my my big you know uh, me paying off my, my the promise that I made to my twenty year old self um, also I found that that a lot of times even in college, if there was a um, Kind of not job fair, but but these things were like uh, the, the uh, uh, people would come in to a career day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who was doing entertainment was like, "Oh, I work in radio, and isn't that wonderful?" And and never I, I would never see a screenwriter, and I would never see anybody who I uh, you know uh, uh, whose work I admired, and it was always just awful. So I said, "Okay, <laughs> great. I, I I will be that guy. I'll be the guy that picks up the phone and uh, and tries to help people uh, uh, through stuff." In doing that. It's, um, you know, there are a lot of people uh, who, who want to learn how to write. And, uh, and so I'm trying to be as good as I can be. I may this year, I think I have a deal to write a book. I may write a second book uh, uh, along with it. Um, you know, I have my website, uh, which is robedwards.net. Um and that teaches uh I write essays on that, and uh you know uh, things I try to be as frank and honest uh about um about the industry as I possibly can about the fundamentals and the structure and stuff like that. I also have a Rob Edwards workshop on facebook and uh you know just things that crop in where you know where where i'll, I'll say hey this is a i just read this really cool article i uh, um you know I'll put that stuff up there um you know and just and just kind of getting out there and being a different being a different voice, being somebody who's actually written who takes writing seriously, who's you know for whatever reason i'm I tend to be fairly good at it and uh you know a, a kind of a counter to a lot of the guys who make a lot of money but who can't write, you know they're just they're just you know i mean no no, I don't want to disparage anybody or whatever I mean hey, let them make their living, but jeez it's 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 i mean to me it's like it's like getting. Workout advice from the out of shape trainer. Um, you know, it's it's. Why would I want to uh, learn from this guy? I've read his I've read his screenplay online. It's awful. You know, I don't want to learn. I don't want to know what he knows. Um, <laughs> at the same time, you know, this is, just, oh, whatever. But but uh, you know, I know Casablanca is a great film. You know, I don't need to be walked through that. What I need is what you know. I'm sitting down. I'm looking at a blank page. I've got a meeting tomorrow what happens, you know, or, or, you know, from a practical writer standpoint, there's nine times out of 10, I'll get a screenplay that doesn't work at uh, delivered to my door at 6pm. And I have a meeting at 10am. And so I have to read the thing, I have to break it down, I have to figure out what's wrong with it. And I have to figure out how to fix it, you know, overnight by the by the 10am meeting. Um, what is that? What is that process like? Um, because that's just, uh, that. Those are the jobs. Those are the actual jobs. They need somebody to fix these these uh, you know these, these screenplays. If you're that guy who gets the thing, perfect. You know you're 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 well on your way. A great producer. You know this is not an open assignment, but a, a great producer who wants to make a movie is only going to call you. He sends you a book, and you have to break it down. You know, break it down. Figure out what works about it. Figure out what doesn't. Uh, figure out the main characters in it. And uh, you know, and talk to him about it so that he can go and uh, you know he can send you a check and you can you know uh, get, get writing on it. What is that process? Um, you know, you're not going to get there with a lot of other guys. You will get there if you talk to a a, a writer who's actually kind of been through the uh, the writing wars.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what are some of the the basic principles or themes or concepts that you teach your students?
1: Well, actually, one of the best best things um, the best things I learned. Aside of like, you know, be a, be a film goer first, a filmmaker second, mm-hmm. is this thing, concept of heart head in hand, um, which is where all great art, whether it's music or uh, uh, music or sculpture or painting or, you know, uh, writing or anything like that, uh, this notion of that all three of these elements have to be uh, in, in some mix in order to make great work. And so heart is, you know, what you bring to it, you know, your individual. Uh, experiences, the things that make you cry, the things that make you laugh—you know, your 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 personal uh, uh, stake. Head is the new idea, you know, the the great the great notion. What do you you know um, the the way that you're moving the um, the the industry forward? You know the, this this type of storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know what? What new spin are you putting on the action or on the superhero movie? Or you know, like in the case of Guardians of the Galaxy, like that's a dynamically innovative uh, uh, movie. Or you know, like I say, Dark Knight. Like, okay, great. Well, you know, this guy has brought this fantastic, you know, darkness to. Uh, uh, to To the way these stories are told, and things get told differently from then on you know the matrix was was like a mind blowing event you know when everybody saw it right. star wars um you know that th- that 's the head uh and then hand you know your craftsmanship what what um you know uh where are your ten thousand hours in the uh, in the process of of screenwriting uh you know can you say uh, you know concisely what it is you mean to say. Can you bring images to 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 the fore in in the way you write them? Is your dialogue crispy and, uh, and and wonderful? Does it move the eye down the page? Can you grab the audience uh, on the first page and kind of fling them into the sixth page? Um, you know that's that's your your hand. So if you have uh, you know if you're missing any of them, if you have uh, heart and head without hand. You know, then you you have, okay, it's a great sappy story. Uh, that's a really fun idea, but it's poorly executed. out of focus. It's, you know, terrible. It's flatty, long, you know, whatever. It's not going to work. If you have uh, head and hand without heart, then you have just this heartless, okay, you know, kind of hack hack work that everybody's, uh, you know, non-emotional, you just kind of, the lights come up and you don't really, you know, you're not emotionally uh, engrossed in it. It didn't make make you cry. There was no real insight, you know, personal insight in it. It's a terrible, you know, terrible way to to go. And then, um, what is it? Hand and heart. Without head, right? It's a it's an idea that you've seen a million times before. There's no there's nothing new to it. It's just going to bore the heck out of you, Um, and and it's just not a a a fun way to tell stories. So you need all three components to make a great work. So as I'm sitting down to write, I'm always thinking, okay, great. Where is it? Am I in this? You know, am I putting my do I have skin in the game on the pages that I'm writing? You know, right. uh, uh, is this personal or am I just writing dialogue? You know, because uh, mm-hmm. you know I, I have to engage. I have to feel like I am the central character in my in my movie. You know, it's it's what makes Aaron Sorkin great, right? The the characters right. have his voice uh, intentionally. You know, um, uh, Tarantino, he's writing his favorite movies. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's putting them on the on, on on screen. He's sharing a big part of himself with you. You know, the head. They, the okay. Wait, why am I doing this? Why me, and why nobody else? You know, what is what is my contribution? How am I moving the thing forward? you know, and then hand like that's time, just time in the chair writing, writing, writing. You know, getting beat up. Uh, you know, j- turning stuff in, letting your other writer friends kind of, kind of take it apart and say, okay, this was not clear. This, you know, you took way too long with this. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff you learn on my website, like you know, just what are the fundamentals of storytelling, and if you have all three of those. Great you're so much better off than most writers you know than ninety nine percent of the writers I read, um you know the stuff that comes across my desk, even professional um you know and and, and so if you start there, great you know you're you, at the very least you know if you listen to this podcast and whatever, and you take that you take this that simple thing from it, um you know I think you'll be better off right now I know. You're
0: going to stop this interview and then go off and complete the sentence you were writing before we interrupt. Exactly. So um, one of the things we like to ask uh, near the end of the interviews is reading, watching, playing, and listening. Um, What are you reading, watching, playing, and listening to currently?
1: Ooh. Am I reading? um, I'm actually, let's see. I'm actually reading, (laughs) which is a terrible. Okay. I'm reading The Hateful Eight. Okay. Uh, uh, right now, I guess nobody's supposed to be really reading it because it's not really have supposed to you know it's not supposed to be online. Right. But um. Uh, the Tarantino uh, script, mag-
2: right?
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. that he got angry at everybody about. It. It's magnificent. <laughs> right. It's just, it's just truly wonderful. The guy's a master storyteller, and every word of it just is it just pops off the page. Mm-hmm. Um. Reading, uh, listening to, you said? Uh, reading, uh, watching, playing, and listening. Oh, watching. Oh, I'm watching this, uh, this British series called Black Mirror okay. uh, on, uh, on Netflix.
0: Yeah, I it's, heard it was good.
1: It and yeah. it's amazing. It's basically these, it, it's kind of like a, a format, it's a, um, uh, kind of like the Twilight Zone, uh, but it's our episodes. Each one is a different cast, different uh, setting. But it's these kind of um, uh, meditations on the information age, and uh, uh, you know, kind of science fiction, like what if we took this. Tiny thing that we do, uh, you know, and and blew it up. You know, we we took it ten, fifteen years into the future, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's these fantastic stories, and it's really well made. I think it's two seasons and the British way. You know, of course they go, they they make fantastic uh uh individual episodes like you know sherlock holmes mm-hmm. and then they just kind of leave you or luther or you know some of these fantastic right. British series where they don't do 22 and they burn do themselves like six. Out. yeah they do you know, so this is like three episodes per season oh, and God. there are two seasons of it and mm-hmm. it's, it's it's uh it's fantastic um and what was the other thing i'm sorry
0: playing the, the do you play part? any games uh oh, video yeah. games well, or otherwise or listening to music
1: Ah, well, I, uh, I'm a CrossFit guy. So okay. I, uh, yeah. So, so, so that's my play. Um, uh, I actually encourage all writers. Like you're, you're on, <laughs> terrible. Okay. You're on the strike line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when the writer's school strike goes. And you'll never see a more motley collection of this out-of-shape dude. It's awful. <laughs> it's, just, it's just terrible. So I, uh, I, I take that to heart. When I, when I first got out here, uh, it was 85, and they, there was a strike, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I, hope, I hope this never happens to me. Just guys who were just winded walking down the block in front of Sony. Right. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, so I, I take... Um, uh, I take CrossFit fairly seriously and, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 go like four times a week and that's my, that's my play. I know that, uh, what is it, uh, uh, John August and, um, mm-hmm. Craig Mason on their podcast, they did, uh, they did a segment on just the importance of fitness, um, you know, healthy mind, healthy body. So, uh, i I do find it clears my head, helps me think. So that's my that's my play. I try to I try to avoid. Even though I have two teenage sons, I I try to avoid video games, um, uh, because I'm I'm I will lose a day, <laughs> you know, just kind of trying to make it different levels and and right. uh, just the 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 excitement of, of of shooting things. You know, first-person shooters are, are my favorite. But mm-hmm. if I if I get into them, I've I immediately have to call whatever producer I'm working with and, and change my deadlines. Cause I, I'll just never make them. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, CrossFit I get into out of, it's one hour, um, feel really good, you know, get energized and then go to work. Right, so that's, right. That's my, that's my play. And listening to, uh, listening to, I, uh, I listen to everything. Um, my son, uh, it's funny. I just got back from a lacrosse tournament. My son, uh, my younger son is playing division one, lacrosse, uh, at, uh, Loyola next year. And, um, and so we go to these tournaments and while we're there, he plays, he's the DJ. And so we, we drove out to Indio and in Palm Springs, two and a half hours and he's playing stuff. And as he's playing it, I was shazamming all the songs that he was playing, because <laughs> I never heard any of them. So, right. so as I'm writing, I'm kind of going over all the stuff that he played, uh, uh, that I liked. So, uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I have a difference, uh, a, I'm kind of an omnivore. I, I, I speak French, so I'll listen to French rap. Oh. Um, I'll also uh, listen to uh, Baroque classic, which is mm-hmm. bizarre for, you know, black guy from Detroit. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, and then I'll listen to, you know, uh, I like, I like hip hop and I like, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of go through it, have a, have a good time and just listen to a, a nice eclectic mix of stuff while I'm writing. Um, right now, uh, I'm writing something that's kind of actiony, so the the soundtrack as I'm writing is is actually the uh, uh, and I, I want to credit the, the composer, but it's the the soundtrack to The Incredibles. Oh,
2: okay. Um,
1: which is why I have Incredibles on the brain today. But uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, the the it, it's just a it's just a great um, it's a great soundtrack, and it kind of gets my Heart rate up, and I, I'm imagining these characters kind of going through these uh, uh, these really fun things. And I'll just listen to like three or four songs over and over and over again until they until they fade into the background, and I can just kind of focus and write. Right. It become kind of like a meditation for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show,
1: Rob. Oh, well, hey, no, thanks for having me, Kevin. This is uh, awesome. it uh, is very, yeah, very no, fun.
0: It's great. And now, now you'd mentioned RobEdwards.net. Where can people yeah. find you? A you, uh, social network? Edwards, do you do plural,
1: E-D-W-A-R-D-S. Mm-hmm. Rob E D W A R D S. RobEdwards.net uh, and then uh, Rob Edwards workshop, and I'm going to try <laughs> like some of the some of the people have, who've kind of been uh, well, working with me on some of this stuff. Is mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, I think in early April I'm going to have a uh, an actual master masterclass
2: okay.
1: um, uh, where. You know, I'll uh, people will get to meet me personally. I'll I'll kind of walk a couple of people through uh, what I like to do is is, is occasionally take uh, take students out of the audience, have them pitch stuff. And then we, uh, you know, we break it all down and then I, I try to fix it as I would uh, if I was given it as a as an assignment. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of fun. Uh, You know, you just see kind of like, it's like broken car and then you, uh, you know, lift under the hood and say, okay, well, let's work on the character. Let's work on the character's motivation, stuff like that. Uh, That's kind of fun. Uh, I'll be in, I think I'm doing another thing in in like England uh, in uh, March. And I'll be in Marseille in October. Um, I'm trying to, (laughs) once again, like, I don't know where I'm going to. I, I do a lot of writing in airports and plane, on planes, um, and so uh, so I, I try to kind of keep my my professional deadlines as, as I as I do it. But uh, as I said before, it's it's important to kind of get out there and, and and do stuff. So if you go to the uh, website. Or RobEdwards.net. Uh, there'll be a link to uh, whatever uh, lecture we do, and sometimes we do like little meetups. I always find it's, it's important for writers to meet other writers who are in their same station, because uh, you know, no matter how much teaching I'm, I'm I'm I will do, a lot of times you just get a lot of just handing another writer a script of yours, mm-hmm. and uh, and just get general feedback, you know. Uh, and uh, fortunately, the people that uh, listen to uh, you know these interviews with with me, or or that go to my website and stuff like that. They kind of start to get what it is I'm tr- I'm, I'm I'm trying to teach, and so they are of a school, uh, so to speak. And uh, so the guys uh, that you will give a script to will kind of know what it is you're trying to do uh, with your script. And, uh, and a lot of times that's just so completely invaluable. You know, I still have friends as a professional writer. I have a ton of friends that uh, I will give my scripts to and I can count on them for really honest, uh, uh, constructive notes. And every writer should have that kind of thing. So every so often I do a little coffee um uh, which is kind of a Q and A, uh ostensibly supposed to be a Q and A, but really it's just so writers to meet other writers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so yeah, that that too we put up on the website. We'll put these cool. little meetups. Yeah. A lot of fun.
0: Um final yeah. thought? I don't know what you call your loan out company, but you should definitely call it the Soda Shack. That's it. That's yeah, right, exactly. Like soda the Soda shed.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. The Soda Shed. Yeah. Yeah, no, very funny. Yeah. <laughs> it, it should be. Yeah. Humble Origins. Yeah, I mean gambling, yeah, no, but, like but right? Wasn't that exactly. The,
0: you know, wasn't that
1: Or the... or what is it? There's this uh A A one thirteen, which is the uh uh the room where all the Pixar guys uh oh, are learned. Cool. Um, and so you see a little homage. It's a little uh, uh, Easter egg in all of the movies. There'll be some, uh, some little reference to like on a, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, trolley in Princess and the Frog was uh, a- A113. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the room that they all learned, uh, you know, uh, learned how to animate at, at uh, CalArts you know way back in the day wow and uh, you know it's where john Lasseter and john musker and all these guys uh you know uh, uh brad bird and mm-hmm. you know the, the, the guys who henry Selick, the, these guys who are just amazing filmmakers now they were all in the same classroom same time and so uh so very cool cool so yeah sh- uh, i i if i never think about that soda shed again it <laughs> be <laughs> <laughs> the greatest thing that ever happened uh... <laughs> it was so hot Oh man, it's just
0: awful. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, the origin. Yeah. So be sure to check out Rob's website and his master classes at robedwards.net. And uh, for the latest updates on recently released and upcoming interviews and podcast features, you can follow us on Twitter at Scriptscribes. And you can also find us on Facebook and Google. And thank you all for
2: listening.